0: Thanks for tuning in to Christian Medical and Dental Association's Chapel. May the message be a blessing to you. Insight uh, to my personality, I hate to repeat things. I mean, I really, really hate uh, to repeat things. When I was as an evangelist, if I uh, speak at a church that has multiple services, I, I hate to even repeat the same sermon in the first service and the second service. I mean, oftentimes I would change it up because I'd feel bad for the organist and the pianist and the pastor who sat through, through both of them like I was cheating, you know? So I just really don't like to repeat. And uh, as I was thinking about this Christmas uh, season, you know, the song, Joy to the World, the second verse is, Joy to the world, the Savior reigns, let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains, repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. Okay? I hate to repeat things. Um, and, wow, do we have a repeat? I mean, like, I was watching with my brother-in-law last weekend and uh, the Christmas vacation came on. It was a Christmas vacation marathon, not, not just like every day. It was like 24 hours of, of, it was just like too much. I was in overload, right? Because I don't like to repeat things. And Cheryl said to me other night, do you want to watch White Christmas? Not again, right? Because I've seen it, right? And, and it's one of my, my big beefs about um, the Christmas season. There's, there's, there's very little new, you know? I, I woke up the other day, I'm trying to do a thing right now and uh, listen to a new Christmas album every day, not not repeat the same one, you know, and but you realize like all they're all the same, they're all the same songs and they're just a different artist and their their own rendition of it and it's just a repeat over and over and again and not to even mention the Hallmark Channel, right? Uh, like don't get me started on the Hallmark Channel, right? Because like these are all different titles, right? But they're all the same story, like Got to go back to the hometown. You run into the old boyfriend while I'm there closing down the company and everyone loses their job, right? Like, in how, many, how many ways can you retitle that? But they do, and they keep coming out with it, right? Over and over and over again. So if I were to ask you today in chapel to turn in your Bibles to the Christmas story, where would you turn? Luke? Well, most people would go to Matthew 1 or 2 or Luke 2. Matthew 1 and 2 is Matthew's account of the Christmas story, and a lot of people would turn to Luke chapter 2. Probably most people would turn to Luke chapter 2 to get the the complete uh, Christmas story. In fact, most of our churches that we attend will probably cover these stories. I just want to think a little bit about this idea of Advent. Four Sundays of Advent, and five, if your pastor preaches the Sunday after Christmas, the Sunday after Advent on a Christmas theme. I got to thinking about before I came to CMDA and my last church that I was there for eight years, I did eight Christmas seasons, in one church, which means that not including devotionals that I did, I did over 40 sermons on the Christmas story. I hate to repeat. And so every year it's like, okay. You've got to come up with some new kind of uh, understanding of the Christmas story because all the people that attend your churches, you know what they want? Tell me something I've never heard before, right? <laughs> and listen, three passages of Scripture, that's, that's what we have to work with at Christmas time, right? My, Matthew 1 and 2, and Luke uh, chapter 2 as well. And so I began thinking about this, and, and so you realize this is my 34th year of ministry. I was adding it up this morning in my office. And I was looking through some of my old old stuff, just to kind of looking through some of the Christmas series that, I, that I've done over the years and collected all of them because I really don't like to repeat them. And what I realized was, if you take out a little bit of time here at the CMDA, I've done about 150 uh, Christmas messages, not including devotionals for Christmas Sundays during Advent seasons in my in my career. That's a lot out of Luke 1, uh, Matthew 1 and 2, and Luke chapter 2. So as a story, does it appear somewhere else? What I began to look for years ago was some different places that we could find the Christmas story. And, and so for today in chapel, I want to do something totally different. Uh, there's no points to my sermon today or to my, no points to my message today. I just want to go on a Christmas scavenger hunt with you throughout the scriptures and look for some places where you may least expect to find the Christmas story uh, throughout the scriptures, Christmas story where you least expect to find it. Maybe you'll find a verse of scripture, and some of the ones I'm going to read for you today in chapel that maybe you can share around the Christmas holidays with your family. Maybe you could step outside of Matthew 1 and 2 and, and Luke chapter 2, and, and a, here's a new verse of scripture that you can share with your family or your Sunday school class. And uh, there's a ton of them. And there may be even some more that I've missed. I just try to gather them together. Uh, For this chapel today, to look at some of these different scriptures. Let's look at, you know, the the Christmas story is not just a New Testament phenomenon, it's an Old Testament and New Testament story. Think about Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. We find the Christmas story, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. By the way, that was one of my Advent series a few years ago. I took that one verse of Scripture and broke it down every week. We talked about the different names of Jesus. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem, who are too little to be among the clan of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be a ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient, ancient days. Zechariah 9, verse 3. Now Sometimes we think of this as an Easter verse of Scripture, but it's also a Christmas one. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout. O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly, riding on a donkey. Sometimes we focus on the riding on the donkey part, but uh, I had another message I was thinking about doing in chapel this morning on the idea of the lowliness of the manger and how all the characters uh, they have several things in common. They have uh, they they're righteous. The Bible tells us they were all afraid. The Bible tells us. Uh, They were all willing uh, to be used by God, but all the characters of the Christmas story uh, have a a lowly, lowliness. There's a lowliness to their statue. Um, This is an incredible verse of Scripture because the king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation. For you shall call his name what? The Luke Scripture, Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He's coming to you just having salvation and lowly. Luke 19, verse 10, skipping over the Matthew scriptures and the Luke scriptures. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. There's about 12 passages of scripture. If you wanted to take that theme or that phrase, uh, for the Son of Man has come, the purpose why Jesus came, uh, there's about 12 passages of scripture that you could dig through and and Uncover, and if you want those, I'll send those to you. Uh, you. Email me and I'll send them to you. But there's a bunch of these scriptures. For this purpose I have come, to seek and save that which was lost. John chapter 1, verses 9 and following. Look at some of these verses here. Verse 9 and 10. That was the true light, which gives light to every man, coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Think about the Christmas story there. That he came in a very obscure part and a place, and there was very little attention to his his first, because he came in a lowly form, in a in a human likeness, and in a human fashion. The scripture goes on, verses ten through thirteen in John chapter one. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own. And his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Remember, God sent his son into the world, and he came to his own, came to us in human in form, but many didn't believe. Many didn't receive. Many rejected this wonderful gift of salvation. Same chapter, verse 14 says this And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. This Word, the living Word of God that existed from the beginning, He came. In all of his glory. Just a little side note to this particular part of the scripture this morning. The idea of the glory of the Lord is another interesting angle on the Christmas story. Because he came in glory. In Luke chapter 2, it says that the angel announced, and the glory of the Lord shone round about him. There's the glory of God is evident in the Christmas story in the birth of Christ. So he came in glory. Scripture says in John 1.14, I just read a second ago, he lived in glory and for the glory of God. And in Mark chapter 8, verse 38, it says this, that when he returns, his second advent, he will also come in great glory. He came in glory, he lived in glory, and he's coming again in glory. John 3, verse 16. Who didn't see this one coming, right? For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Came, love came at Christmas. Love came in human form. God sacrificed and gave his only begotten Son to live and to die so that we may have everlasting life. John 10.10 10, I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. So Jesus came to infuse his his life, his being, came that we may not just have an existence, but that we may have the fullness of life, the fullness of the Spirit, the fullness of Jesus Christ in our lives, that we may have it to the fullest. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor so that you by his poverty may become rich why did why did god leave the thrones of heaven why did he leave all that for this the reason simple for us he left all that he became he left the richest richness of heaven to come to earth as a part of God's plan to redeem man, man and woman, humanity, his richness, so that he could give us the riches of eternal life. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. But thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Have you ever had one of those gifts that you got at Christmas time? You're just so excited about it, you just couldn't hardly describe it. It was just like it was hard to, to kind of give the details of it because it was just something you just needed and, and someone thought of you and gave you this incredible gift and you were just blown away by it. That's what the gift is of salvation. That God would come in human form and human flesh. He would, he, he would come in his incarnation to give us incredible life and to turn our lives around that we would have everlasting life through him. Man, thanks be to God this incredible gift. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5 says this, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive the adoption as sons. When the fullness of time had come. Again, we've got to tie in his first advent to his second advent. Because when the time was just right, God sent forth his Son. When's the Lord coming back? A lot of speculation on that. Uh, you see the events are taking place in Israel. We always have, have a tendency to, to tie in Israel to end-time events and what's going on over there, and very may well be. I don't know, but I will tell you this. When the time is right, he came the first time. And when the time is right, he will come again. But one thing that God is not rushing on God's timetable is because there's still some who have not believed. There's still many who have never repented. There are still some who many who have never acknowledged their sinfulness, their need for Christ. And God is, is not willing that any should perish, is what the scripture tells us, but that all should come to repentance. So but at just the right time, the Lord will return in his glory. Philippians chapter two, verse 5 and 8, again, along this idea, this theme of why would God leave the richness of the glory of heaven to come here? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Again, we have to understand it was from a cross uh, from a cradle to a cross is all part of God's plan. It wasn't just the advent, the Christmas story that God came we celebrated Christmas. It's the whole picture we got to look at. He came in the likeness of man. He left the thrones of heaven. He made himself of no reputation. he became lowly for our sake, so that we may be lifted up. He became lowly that we may be lifted up. And he humbled himself and became obedient even to death on the cross. Chapter 2, verse 8 through 11. And being found in human form, he, Christ, humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him a name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. When they came into his presence, even in in the manger scene that's described for us in Matthew and and in Luke's account of the the story of Jesus Christ, the ones who came into his presence knelt and bowed and worshipped him. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20. and He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That is, in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. God became flesh. All the fullness of God dwelled in this child. In him was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. First Timothy chapter one, verse 15. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptance. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the chief. Chief among sinners, the apostle Paul says. Faithful saying, absolutely true, worthy of acceptance. Christ came to into the world, the very purpose of his coming was to save sinners, including me. Titus chapter 3, verse 4 to 6. But when the f- kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. It was the purpose of his coming, that he might save his people from their sins. Not because of the righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. James 1, verse 17. Every good and every perfect gift is from above. Where did Jesus come from? God sent His Son. He came from heaven. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Talk about Christmas lights. The light of Christ comes, the light that's come into the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Hebrews 2, verse 9, But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, And so that by grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. It was for us that he came. Revelation chapter 12, verse 5. She gave birth to a son, a male child who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. The question I want to ask you this morning, if you were to ask, where would you find the Christmas story? There are more places in the Bible than I've even shared with you today. This is the theme of the Holy Book. This is God's plan of redemption. It's not just three passages of Scripture that we repeat over and over again for four or five weeks in Christmas every year. It is the central theme of the Scripture. Why? Because there was a fall. Man sinned. And God, in his loving kindness, decided to sacrifice his only, one and only son and to be the plan of redemption for our sin. And so he sent him into the world. He came in glory. He lived in glory. And he is coming back again someday to bring us all home to him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for so much of the Bible today that gives us um, insights and uh, references to your incarnation and your advent, your coming to earth. Lord, first of all, I want to thank you for coming uh, in human form to die for our sins, and Lord, I pray that today we would be reminded as followers of Christ uh, of, Lord, how this theme runs through the entire Bible, and I pray that, Lord, you would maybe give us an opportunity uh, to share some of these scriptures with others during this Christmas season. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we have of serving you, and we thank you for all that you've done for CMDA. I pray, Lord, you continue to guide and uh, help this ministry to thrive as we finish out 2023 i pray lord that you would continue to to uh, with your graciousness and your mercy provide exactly what we need in our our goal for the 900,000 i pray lord that you just you'd meet all, all of our needs according to your riches and glory and that lord you would blow us away with your ability to make provision for us uh, once again this christmas season i pray you'd bless our times together. Lord, as this is our last chapel before the end of the year, before we come back together in the new year, I pray, Lord, that, um, Lord, you would just give us all blessed holidays, and uh, we just thank you for your gift. In Jesus' name, amen.